What's up, Whoa, That's Good fam? I am so excited because we have another two-time guest on the show today. One of the world's favorites, my favorite, and I just know he's going to give so much good advice from his new book, Dream Big. Welcome back, Bob Goff. Oh, Sadie, it's so good to be talking to you. I just think of the influence that you've had on my entire family's life, and it's just fun to be in the same space talking. I know. I'm so excited. I love when we get a chance. I know you're so busy here and there, everywhere. You have a grandkid now, your family, so we're excited that you're spending some time with us. I do have a grandchild. This little boy, I've wanted a grandkid since I was in junior high school. Because uh, <laughs> in I think the reason is because I saw the way my grandparents treated me. Yeah. And I wanted to be in on that. And so even though I hadn't gone on a, a date, and I think I may have gone on one date in high school, but it was in law school that I found out what my greatest ambition was, and it was sweet Maria. That's awesome. <laughs> I met her, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get within 10 feet of her. I, I was really busy, as we all are, but if you're listening, you know when you like somebody, even though you're busy, you have all the time in the world for them. That's right. And we uh, ended up at the same place. There was a uh, camp called Oakbridge, and we went up there to serve on the work crew. She got 10 work crew girls to help out, like wash pots and all that, so I immediately got 10 guys because I wanted to be within 10 <laughs> feet of her. And uh, on the first night, there was a woman, they were having spaghetti, and I remember her pacemaker stopped. She was elderly. It stopped. And she like <laughs> face planted in the spaghetti. And we we're like, oh my gosh, but I knew how to do CPR, Sadie. What? And so after 30 minutes, we got her going again. And I know Sweet Maria was thinking that Bob is not much to look at, but he could be helpful in a crowd. <laughs> and so this is where... Our relationship really began. Fast forward 32 years, we just bought the camp. That's amazing. And we're fixing it up. That's amazing. (laughs) What I'm realizing about ambitions is that it took about three years for Maria to go out on a date with me, (laughs) but I knew what my ambition was, and I knew she was my ambition, and I just decided to get within 10 feet of it. And I just hope the people listening will figure out their ambition and see how could I get within 10 feet of that thing. That's awesome. Oh, I love it, Bob. And you and sweet Maria are the best. So funny. You got to work with what you got sometimes. If you got CPR, you got to work with what you got. I love it. I may have a lot of freckles, but I'm like, I can know how to get somebody going. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love what you said about ambitions and you talk about ambitions a lot in your new book. If you haven't read Bob's first two books, they're so good. Love does and everybody always, but now he has dream big and you talk about ambitions. And one of the things you said is ambition should point you towards your legacy. And I love that. And because you and Maria, obviously that was your ambition and now it's pointing towards your legacy. And so when you're encouraging people with their ambitions, how do you kind of teach people and encourage people to hone in on those things that that they're ambitious about? Yeah, I would say, ask yourself if you're listening, what's something that I wanted when I was like, even go back to 10 years old, Mm. what's something you want? You may have wanted a bicycle and that's terrific, but what did you want more? And then ask yourself, I say, let's say you want a date. That's what I wanted in high school. Didn't happen, but (laughs) what would you want more than that? And I think if you keep going the thing underneath the thing, eventually you're going to arrive at your purpose. You're going to say, what I really want is a few authentic relationships 
a purposeful, meaningful life. And faith is a big deal for me. I know it is for you and many of the people listening. It's not for everybody. But if you decide that that is your purpose, that you find that in Jesus, then you say, okay, so my ambition is to love people the way that Jesus did. Mm. And I don't always hit that, but how can I get within 10 feet of that? And it's easy with you, Sadie. Who doesn't like you? But (laughs) to say, how do you love like the difficult people? And so that's why I know you're writing his influence me. That's why I sit down and try to spell words correctly every once in a while, because (laughs) I want people to get back in touch with what do they want more than what they have, to be satisfied with what you have, but to just say, what do I want? A grandkid. And actually, the crazy thing is, I told our kids, if you don't start making kids, sweet Maria and I are going to have some more kids. And <laughs> that's, just, that's just crazy. So just make people. That's so good. So I hope that people will think about, what do I want more than the things that I have right now? I'm not saying be not content with those things, but to go to a deeper level of purpose and meaning, something that isn't just going to work, but something that's going to last in your life. Yeah, that's such good advice. I love that. And I love that you're talking about purpose too, because no doubt one of the biggest questions that we get sent into Live Original or my page or anything that we do is, how do I find my purpose? And it's like this big search. People are looking for their purpose. And I love that you kind of give this lead for people that go for your ambitions, look at your ambitions, and then that leads you towards what your purpose is and what your purpose is to do. And so such good advice. I know a lot of people are going to receive that today. So I know you've been on the podcast once before. And our big question is, what's the best piece of advice you've been given. But I know you kind of already shared that with us, but what's another piece of advice that you've gotten lately or heard that you were like, I'm going to put that in my back pocket? Oh, you need to clear the kelp away. Let me tell you what I mean. <laughs> I uh, One of my ambitions in high school was to sail across the Pacific Ocean. Wow. I wanted to sail to Hawaii. It's 2,750 miles. And, uh, <laughs> and so the problem is I didn't have a boat. <laughs> Oh my goodness. (laughs) So sometimes you'll have an ambition and then you'll say like, but I lack some of the tools that I need. And a boat is a necessary tool. So I found this lousy boat. I mean, it was barely floating. And we entered this race called the Transpac. Well, we sailed over the boat and everything went great. And we came in like last place, I'm sure. But I had another ambition, sail back. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. When I was leaving Oahu, I remember looking back at the palm trees from behind this rickety boat, and I looked, I noticed there was a piece of kelp trailing behind the boat. I didn't think anything else of it. I sailed the next 2,750 miles, and when we got (laughs) to the San Francisco Bridge, I looked back to see the Golden Gate. You know what I saw? (laughs) Big piece of kelp. I had carried the same piece of kelp 2,750 miles. It got wrapped around the keel. And I think it slowed me down a little bit. No way. <laughs> and here's my here's my thought. I think along the way, we have these beautiful ambitions. You have ambitions for this marriage that you've entered into. You had ambitions for a career that you had. And somewhere along the way, some kelp got wrapped around the keel. Now, keels are great. Keels are what keep the sailboat upright. Mm-hmm. It's what actually makes you move forward. But they're a magnet for kelp. Wow. And so... 
the same thing happens with your ambition. You have this ambition, you get some kelp wrapped around it. You get somebody says no, like to some internship that you tried. You got denied the graduate position that you wanted. And you think God shut the door. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, Billy said no. That's the only thing that happened. You just got a little kelp around the keel. And here's what you do to get rid of the kelp. You stop the boat. Yeah, that's so good. Stop the boat, the kelp will fall right off. Yeah. So what sometimes can be difficult for us is to stop the boat and do what Jesus said in Mark, to go away to a quiet place and rest. So fast forward 30 years, what did sweet Marianne and I decide to do? Said, let's get that camp because it came up for sale. Let's make a place where people can come away and rest. Yeah. But here's the cool part. You don't need to come to my camp to do that. You can go to Starbucks. (laughs) You can find a quiet tree. Do you know what a Walt Disney had, he had a cottonwood tree and he called it his dreaming tree. Mm. And he would sit underneath a dreaming tree with his sister, Ruth, and they would just dream some dreams. I want you to find your cottonwood if you're listening in. Find that place where you can get back to your ambitions, not just the bicycle or the convertible, but to say, what's something I want more than that? Purpose, love, connection, couple authentic relationships, create a safe place to do that in, and then invite people in. I'm telling you, that's what you've done. You've invited us into beautiful things. Your wedding was one of those. I mean, (laughs) it was raucous, but it was a safe place. It was really (laughs) beautiful. So many people celebrating a ton of love. And that's what we do as this worldwide Mm -hmm. family of friends. We just pull behind each other and we say, whatever your ambition is, you want an awesome marriage, I am standing behind you and Chris as you do it. Yeah. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. 
Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Sadie Rob Summer. Wow. Thank you, Bob. That means so much. And that's so good. I've never heard of that from Walt Disney, but I love him. I really look up to him. And so that's really cool to know that he did something like that. And I can so see the benefit of that. Anytime I've like slowed down and intentionally made a place to rest to redream or pray or just ask God what he's doing in a moment man, I've seen it change my year. You know, it totally changes the trajectory of where I'm going. And so that's so good. Sometimes we can mistake rest as being lazy. Yeah. People that would tune into you would be a pretty ambitious lot. And uh, I just want people to remember that rest is holy. Yeah. And that as we get some rest, we're actually doing the kinds of things that God wanted. He didn't want us here to just get exhausted. And God doesn't need our help. <laughs> I've asked him. Hey, yeah. Every morning I <laughs> ask him, do you need my help? He's like, no, 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 I just want you to have your eyes fixed on me. That's so good. I love it. Something you said in the book, which I thought was really funny considering our podcast is best piece of advice, but you said one of the worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten was that people write in your book a lot, like never change. And you said that that's horrible advice to never change. And I loved your thought on that. And so share with us just that idea of not wanting to stay the same. Yeah. Do you remember the yearbooks? They still do those, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. That's the thing. I remember we uh, made yearbooks for our kids in Uganda and they didn't know what a yearbook was. <laughs> and so we had to actually teach them what you do is you run up to the next person and you say, will you sign my yearbook? And so we've got 1,200 students and we're teaching them how to run to each other to say, will you sign my yearbook? But I told them, 
don't write these words, never change. Because <laughs> that was written all over mine. And this idea of being a new creation means we're supposed to be constantly changing. Right. I mean, I've spent 61 long years being old Bob, but like new Bob, I met him 12 hours ago. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's new Bob going to do? He still ends up playing. I know how to play the banjo. Did you know that about me? I did not know that about you. I'm super bad at it, but I got it. <laughs> also, during this COVID thing, I got some bagpipes. I'm learning how to play. My, That's I am, awesome. So I want to constantly change. Doesn't mean I need to get a kilt, but I'm thinking about it. But what <laughs> I want to do is live in to the next version of me, cool. a more humble, more focused, more purposeful, more intentional, less judgmental, more loving version of Bob. Yes. And I think if we could change into those people, boy, I'm telling you, what we don't want to do is become each other. Yeah. This idea, it's in John 17, and it was Jesus talking to his father. And he said, my prayer for them is that they would be one. And sometimes we mistake being one is being the same. Right. So Sweet Marie and I are wildly different, but we're still one. Mm. But we're not the one person. We're just living in to our individual gifts. And that's where I think it gets really good when you're self-aware enough to know the kelp that you've got around the keel, the mm. things that are slowing you down in your relationships. You identify what we call in the book limiting beliefs. And yeah. that's a well-used phrase. This idea that what's holding you back? What are some of the things that had been beliefs that somebody wrote on your wall at some point right. that just really aren't true anymore? One of the things that wasn't true, evidently, is that somebody told me in my English class that was the teacher that I wasn't very good at this. Mm. And I go like, indeed, I may not have been very good at it at the time, but I've changed. Yeah. And I think I've said like, you know what? I can spell cat <laughs> with a C and a K. <laughs> like to say, actually, I'm pretty good at things. So, so I want the people that are listening to say, don't be confused by the older version of you. Do what Jesus did. He was always talking about the next version. Yeah. Even when Peter said, I've never even heard of the guy and the rooster's going off, mm -hmm. he said, Peter, you're a rock. Mm -hmm. He saw the next version of him. And if we could be self-aware enough to see the next version of us, boy, I'm telling you, Jesus could make that happen. That's so good, Bob. And it's really cool that you said that because whenever I went to the Dream Big myself, because you do those events and you did one in Nashville and you invited me and I went, I did not know what to expect at all. And man, that really did help change my life and who I was becoming because I finally let go of the old me that I had put on myself for forever and I didn't even know it. I remember we got there and you kind of were telling us to go back when we were like eight years old and think about who we were and who we are now and all that stuff. And I remembered something that I hadn't ever thought of before. But when I was in fourth grade, one of my teachers kind of pulled me out of class and shared with me that I was really behind in my reading. I just wasn't as smart as the other kids in reading. And so I was going to have to go to a special class. And she pulled me out just like so abruptly and like brought me to another class. And I like left all my friends. And from that day, I literally just felt stupid. I just felt like I wasn't as smart and I wasn't as good at reading and all those different things. And so fast forward and to people, you know, asking me if I want to write a book. And I kept saying like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not smart. 
smart enough to do that. I can't even read a book. And I remember my mom just saying like, why are you saying that? Like, yes, you can. Like, yes, you are smart enough. And little did I know I carried that with me for most of my life until I'm at Dream Big. And I just remember breaking. And I don't like to cry in public, but I could not stop crying because uh-huh. I just was set free that day. And since then, I've written two more books and have not believed that lie. And so what you're saying and what you're writing, what you're talking about is truly going to change people's life. And I can say that because it's changed mine. And so I encourage people listening, really think about what Bob's saying, because if you think about it and you apply it to your life and you ask yourself these questions, you start dreaming big, you're going to be amazed at the things that free you up to run a lot faster. And so, Bob, thank you for doing that. Oh, I just love this. I remember you and I plotted and planned to uh, get to San Quentin and mm-hmm. your folks were there with me right before the COVID hit. Yeah. Actually, all the guards were going nuts because they saw <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I teach a class there and I've got a bunch of guys that are, we break into small groups. We went around my small group and in the circle of men, we were talking about how much time is left on your sentence and the average excluding me, 107 years. Wow. <laughs> so these guys are going to be in there for a couple more minutes. And we had been in the prison yard and they're pushing weights around and doing all that. And I said, you know, if this barbell was like, you know, if I tried to push that, that would be on my chest. And I asked them, what would be one thing you'd want to get off your chest right here mm-hmm. in this really safe place where we can just have these kinds of conversations. And so we went around and one by one, each of the people said, this is one thing I'd want to get off my chest. Mm. And we got to the last guy and he says, you know, I've been in here for 20 years and I've been telling everybody I got framed. I didn't do it. And he paused and he said, you know what? I want to get off my chest. I need to let you know I did it. Mm. And there was, I'm telling you in that moment, that guy was the freest guy I've ever met. Wow. And I think one of the keys to getting to our ambitions is to letting go some of those limiting beliefs. The person was flat wrong that yanked you out of the classroom to say they may have been just having a bad day or they may not have been good at what they did, but I'm not going to let that push me around anymore. And this guy getting real with some of his setbacks, just getting honest about it is the way to move forward. And so if you're listening to this thing and there's a wide spot in the road, could you just get real with it? Find a friend, the kind of friend I've found in Sadie, where you could just be honest. We have a really honest, open relationship and, Mm -hmm. and we can say things to one another and just find that place where you can do that. Find a couple people and I'll tell you, man, one of the things that will happen is that you're going to find yourself ready to launch forward because you don't have all this baggage. Some people have more baggage than Delta Airlines. And I think you just (laughs) need to let some of that stuff go. That's right. That's so good. It makes me think about in the book when you talk about how fear stops love in its tracks. And I thought that was a really powerful idea because, you know, someone who struggled with fear a lot in my life, I can attest to that. It definitely does. But you don't really think all the time about how fear is stopping you from from love or receiving love because you kind of said in the book, a lot of times you think that that's just hate or that's just evil or whatever, but, but fear is a huge part of that. And so I was just going to ask like from the perspective of people who might not even realize the fears in their life, how do you start to identify if you are motivated by fear or motivated by love? What are those things that you can look for? Say, maybe I'm afraid to be vulnerable, to be real, to dig deeper or share or, or trust or whatever that is. What are those things that you can look for to 
notice if my fear is really stopping love and it strikes? Yeah, I would say, what's your first thought? What's your last thought? So for instance, I love that we're awake for a while. And then the way God made it is we then would have an opportunity to sleep. The reason I say an opportunity to sleep, a lot of people have their eyes closed, but they're not sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're not even resting. I can smell the wood burning when sweet Maria Goff is still thinking. She's in bed, her eyes are closed, (laughs) but she ain't sleeping. Those sleepless nights, those things that keep you awake, what's your last thought? Mm -hmm. Is your last thought gratitude or is it fear of, oh my gosh, I'll be found out? Yeah. I also want to know what's your first thought, that reset after getting some time, downtime, whether you slept well or not, what's the first thought in the morning if you go like, oh my gosh, this is my biggest fear? Or are you waking up with anticipation? And I'm not voting for either one. I'm just saying, let's get real with it. Yeah, And if you can identify what that is, that's probably one of your freshest points of time when you wake up. You'll say, what's the first thing you think? You go like, I am so afraid that, or I'm so looking forward to. And wherever you are on that spectrum, like just know it and then dig a little deeper. Say, what's the thing underneath the thing? What's the thing that's making me feel (laughs) that? And for a lot of us, it's just a need for validation. So if you say, I'm afraid it won't go well, say like, how come I'm afraid it won't go well? Oh, it's because I'm trying to get my validation from a bunch of strangers. Right. And that doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means like you're actually like a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And so what we get to do is to say, is there a way to change the first thought and the last thought to a sense of gratitude for what God has done, what he might make possible today, and how I can overcome some of the things that have marked my past. If you've been in a relationship and things went like not the way that you were hoping, things got out of hand, and you start sending these messages to you about who you are and what you're about. And I want to tell you, Jesus is one word for you. He calls you beloved. Mm. And that is the only word he's got for you. And I wish for you that that would be a first and a last thought. When you wake up in the morning, you call yourself by your name, beloved. When you go asleep tonight to close your eyes to say, wow, I can rest in knowing that in God's eyes, I am his beloved. Mm -hmm. I might not get everything right along the way. I may have let some people down, but in his eyes, I'm his beloved. And these will be the incremental changes I'll make to live into that. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. One of my favorite quotes from the book is you said, we can't fix what we don't take time to understand. And what you're saying is so true to that statement that if we're going to find out what we're motivated by, whether it's fear or love, we have to stop and ask ourselves those questions and take time to really understand why and where that's coming from. And so I think that's so good. And then talking about Jesus calling us a beloved you said something just so great in the book. You said loving people the way Jesus did is great theology. And I think a lot of times, and you even talk about this too, people really overcomplicate what it looks like to follow Jesus. And you put it so simply. And I think that's why a lot of people are really attracted to your books and your message. They understand Jesus more, but it's not watering down the gospel. You just say it how it is. Don't overcomplicate it. And I really love that. 
What is something that you'd say to people who maybe have been overcomplicating it and you're just like, hey, Jesus loves you. For those people, what would be a message that you want to share with them in their heart? Because a lot of people actually send in this question when I, I ask people on my platform, Hello Sister, I said, what do you want to ask Bob Goff? And a lot of people were questioning their faith or, you know, having people around them questioning their faith. And they were like, what would Bob say to my friend? What would Bob say to me? And all of these faith questions. And so what would you say? I think that sometimes we just need to take a big breath. If you're listening in, just take a big breath. We're not going to do yoga and burn incense, but just like do this. Take one big breath. Here, here we go. Like, oh, just take a breath every once in a while. Love it. You don't need to get wigged out about all these things that are wigging you out. I think God just delights in having us be his. Right. And I think there's something beautiful in doing that. I get it that it's complicated, but don't make your faith complicated, but don't you dare make it easy because right. it isn't easy. It'll kill you, but it'll kill every previous version of you. So I think what God wants us to do is to just enjoy him mm-hmm. and to enjoy that we're on this process with him. This is going to take a little while to get there. So if we could say, when is it that we're going to get, insert here, your big ambition, the dream, mm-hmm. the date, the job, the career, but aim for stuff that's actually going to last. If you're aiming for popular, you're going to lose popular. If you want applause, join the circus. If you want Jesus, join hurting people. Right. Take a genuine interest in them. It's a verse in Philippians 2.20. It's Paul talking about Timothy. He's a guy who takes a genuine interest in the people around him. And so I think if we were to say that I'm going to find a lot of my purpose in taking a genuine interest in you, Sadie, Mm -hmm. to put myself in a position to be your student and to say, what can I learn from you? What can I learn from the men and women that work around me? We have a very flat organizational chart. It's just, we're all just working together. So Mm -hmm. what gets it done? And is there something I can do to help you on your way? So good. And there's something beautiful about that. And so telling everybody what they need to do, because I want to do something right up until I'm told what I want to (laughs) do. So if somebody tells me like you need to, particularly when it comes to matters of faith, I just think about the way Jesus did it. Mm. Who do you say I am? And some say a teacher and a prophet, but I say you're God. And he tells us, Simon Peter, you nailed it. Don't tell anybody, which blows the minds of all the evangelicals. But I think it's this. He was saying, show people, don't tell people. We don't need more information. We need more examples. And what you and I get to be is just be an example. So I don't care how many boats are floating in the Sea of Galilee. Couldn't care less. I actually don't even care that there's four words for love in Greek, agape, vileo. <laughs> I saw the way that you and Christian looked at each other. Mm. I know what love looks like. Wow. And be an example of that. And I'm telling you, finishing that story with Simon Peter, he said this, flesh and blood doesn't reveal this to you, but the Spirit of God. It's awesome. And so as we show up, as we're authentic, as we take the deep dive into who we are, why we're doing what we're doing, what we're going to do is we're going to find Jesus. It's crazy. He's going to reveal himself in really inexplicable ways. 
It's amazing. It's so beautiful, Bob. Thank you. I really can't think of a better way to end it than right there. But I do want to quote you one more time because I like to tell you the best piece of advice that I got from your book. And I love when you said, take away whatever it is you're known for and whatever is left, that's who you are. And I thought that was really good, especially, you know, being an influencer in a way, but for anybody, you know, I think especially during this quarantine where everything's kind of been stripped away that we're known for and we've really been left to face who we are. It's a really good thing to ask ourselves and a really good thing to work on in our life. And so, Bob, thank you for writing this book. Dream Big is going to set people free and let people dream so much bigger. We just thank you for the influence you are. And I'm thankful that we're friends. So thank you so much, Bob. Thanks, Sadie. Love you guys. Thanks, Bob. We love you. Whoa, that was so good. So much good advice from Bob Goff, the man, the myth, the legend. And now we have another legend in the house, Kay Swaggy. Hey there. You know I love Bob Goff. For those of you new to the podcast, Kay Swaggy is my mom, but best known as Kay Swag because she's a swag master. But we have some good and bad advice sent in from the Whoa That's Good podcast Instagram. So thank you everyone who follows along and sends in advice. All right. Tell me what you think about this, mom. And this is this is interesting. It says, just wait and do nothing. God will provide. What do you think about that? Mm, I don't I think we have some responsibility to do something. Like, I don't think we should just, yep. I mean, yes, waiting on the Lord, I think, is biblical. I mean, there's a verse about that. I'm sure there is. So I think, yes, we definitely need to wait on the Lord because it's in His timing. But we are not called to do nothing. Yep. I think there's a verse also that says faith without deeds is dead. And so we are called to action and to um, live our life and just go for things. I think that God is with us. You know, we have to ask for God's direction and seek His guidance. And we know that through His Word, but we should actually do something. I love it. That's so good. If you haven't heard a sermon I preached a few years ago called Don't Waste the Waiting, it's on YouTube. But it's kind of the idea of like, just because you're waiting doesn't mean that time is wasted. And God can do something in you in that time. And so you never want to just count a season out of your life and just be like, well, this one doesn't matter because I'm waiting on something. Like, no, God's still doing something in that. It might not be what you're waiting for, but it's something else. And that's just as important. So good. All right, next. I've heard you say this to me. Don't overthink it. <laughs> so you're no, you know I'm going to say whether it's good on this one. That's huh? really good. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that is good advice. We can definitely get in our head a little bit. And my mom used to say, like, sometimes if you hang out in your head that you're in the wrong neighborhood. Like, <laughs> sometimes, like, we can just hang out a little bit too far in our head and we overthink things and it becomes much bigger than it really is ever meant to be. So, yeah, I don't think we should overthink things. Wait, what did you say? If you hang out in your, your head, you're in the wrong neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a good saying. I was like, two mama always says, don't camp out in your brain. Too. Yeah. She's like, like, don't that. set, don't set a tent in your brain. You I love that one. That's so good. All right. It says, shortcuts help you get to your goals faster. Well, true, but the definition not of shortcut. Yeah, but probably not good advice. But perhaps not to your goals. It might shortcuts might get you somewhere, and it might. There's like, I mean, there's shortcuts. I guess you use on a computer that like gets you to where you're going. Once you learn what those shortcuts are, but generally, the shortcut way is probably not the best way. Yeah, and to be honest, in my short 23 years of life and about five years in the business world, normally the shortcuts you do and 
end up being the longest route because you got to go back and fix it. That is like, true. That's just that's true. really good. Yeah, that's really good. And there's really not a lot of shortcuts in life, honestly. Like, I think a lot of times in our world, especially because of like, I don't know, people like make YouTube sensation or Instagram, all of a sudden you have all these followers, people think, oh, they just happened overnight. But no, like you see the behind the scenes of work. I mean, I see the behind the scenes of yep. work of what you do and how much time you put into mm-hmm. every single thing you're doing and just mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of even trying to figure out how to like oh my gosh. upload this podcast yep. or do all the things that you have to do. Everything that's worth doing in life takes work and it's worth it in the end. So true. Amen. Yeah, mom has seen me on the struggle train lately because it has been so hard during this quarantine trying to figure out, you know, how to do a lot of the things that I haven't had to do, you know, that I've had a team to do with me. And now us all being quarantined, I had to pick up some of the different areas, as I'm sure all of you have, you know, you got to do some things that aren't your specialty or aren't what you're natural or good at, or maybe not even what you want to do, but it has to do with where you're going and and what you're doing. And, and it all is worth it, which is actually leads us to the next piece of advice, which is know your why. And I could not think of better advice, especially right now. It's just when things get frustrating, like little things, you have to know why you're doing it. And then when you remind yourself of your why and you see the bigger picture, you're like, man, this is so worth it. Well, that's good. When you said it, I think it's so true. It's if you know what you're doing it for, there's a also a verse that talks about working for the Lord and not for man. Like when you know you have a greater purpose in what you're doing in anything in life, then it just gives you that energy and that Mm -hmm. passion inside to continue to do it. So I think knowing your why is really important. So good. And last, but certainly not least, also the last song we finished at our reception. Therefore, I think this is great advice. Don't stop believing. (laughs) There you go. Don't stop. Believe it and fade out music. Thank you so much for listening to the Whoa That's Good podcast. I have so much fun doing this. I hope y'all have fun listening. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at LegitCityRob and follow the podcast at Whoa That's Good podcast. Head on over to LiveOriginal.com to see when I'm in a city near you or visit Live Original blog on our online store, which carries my exclusive Words by City Rob line. Also, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave comments so we can hear what you're loving. Also want to give a special shout out to my audio engineer, Marcus DePaula, the whole team at United Talent Agency, and my Live Original team. You guys are awesome. And hey, so are all of you too. Thanks so much for listening.